Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right. Thank you, everybody, and welcome. Uh, good morning, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and right alongside, of course, is uh, LPJ professional Cindy Miller. And uh, good morning, Cindy. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and we're your hosts. My, I don't know. I just suddenly went brain dead for a second, so I don't know how I'm doing this morning. I forgot what I was going to say, but it's a great morning here. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for joining us. We all have those days, right, Cindy? I mean, come on. Yeah, we <laughs> Got me some do. slack. We do. <laughs> all right. Good mo- yeah, good morning, everybody. We've got a great show for you this morning. Uh, first up here in just a few minutes, we're just waiting for her to come online, uh, is going to be the winner of this past weekend's uh, Symmetra Tour event, the 2019 Island Resort Championship. Uh, Daniela Iacobelli uh, is her name, and she'll be joining us. And actually, this is her third win on the Symmetra Tour, so she's a, a little bit of a veteran, if you will. And then a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by a very special guest, Kelly Miller-Alicia, uh, who is a producer at the Golf Channel, of course, and is also the daughter of Cindy Miller. So I know you're excited to have her on the show. I am. Just yeah, she always brings some interesting... Yeah, that's fantastic. I remember you, you mentioned that last week, so very excited for... Uh, her, obviously, and, and her husband, but uh, obviously the rest of the Miller family as well. It's another addition. Um, who knows? Maybe another uh, LPGA uh, star, and uh, we'll, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens. But uh, as long as it's uh, happy and healthy and, and full of joy, that's the main thing, regardless of what uh, she decides the to do. The only thing that's important. We're, Right, exactly. So while we got a, a minute or two here while we wait for Daniela to, to come on here, um, I know uh, – one, one quick announcement first, then Cindy, then we'll, we'll chat for a second. Um, next week, um, we will not be doing a show, which would be uh, July 2nd, obviously uh, being the 4th of July next week. Everybody's traveling and doing uh, some different things and probably won't have a chance to tune in. So uh, not a problem. So we're not going to do a show next week. We will do – a show the following week, which will be the 9th of July, and then I'm going to be heading away for a week, uh, the sixth, the week of the 16th, so we're not going to do a show then, and then we'll pick it up again on the 23rd. So just a quick reminder, uh, no, uh, show, no show on the 2nd, a show on the 9th, uh, no show on the 16th, and then a show on the 23rd. So just a couple of shows in July as everybody does a lot of the holidays and, and things like that and, and special events, so we're going to take a little bit of a, a hiatus, if you will, and then we'll be right back uh, in between. So uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in and joining us each week and uh, always got some interesting guests. So just a, a quick note to, to mention that to everybody. So, um, Cindy, what plates are you spinning this week? <laughs> I'm not telling. <laughs> what am I doing this week? 
I'm going to be on another podcast, and mm-hmm. I've got an event that I have to do Friday for the Internal Auditors Association, um, and then I'm doing some playing lessons. What are you doing this week? Very good. I've got some lessons this week as well, and uh, getting ready for, for Thursday night, for my show Thursday night, uh, Golf Talk Live. have got uh, a great guest coming up from the Western Golf Association. They have a uh, a scholarship program for caddies, uh, one of the largest in the country, and uh, they've actually been on before a number of years ago, and, and they've got some really uh, new information and exciting information in their program. They've actually had a, a really big bump uh, in, in participants through the program and graduates, if you will. And, uh, you know, that's something I actually, w- which is kind of interesting, and, and I think it would be fun to, to maybe get a caddy uh, on the show to talk about um, really what it's like for a caddy uh, on, on regardless of what tour, um, you know, because it, it, they're sort of a different breed. Obviously, you know, most of them do play golf, but um, they have to have some great insight. What were some things that, that um, you looked for? Now, I know, Alan, you said uh, caddy quite a bit for you. Did you ever have anybody else uh, on the bag for you? Yeah, when I was on tour. Um, you know, it's funny that you mm-hmm. ask that. It basically, I think there's three things, and I only remember two. Uh, keep up, shut up, and something else. Um, but mainly, I don't like caddies <laughs> to talk a lot. Right. Um, right. I only like them to say something if they see me making a really stupid decision. So right. I guess um, – yeah, I had a caddy in Seattle, and this guy was great. He started to talk a little bit too much, and I just put my hand up like, please be quiet, because I think yeah. they try so hard, and they want to help you, and it's like, okay, 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 I got it. And Alan and I would have this thing. He goes, you good? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm good. That means shut up, don't talk to me. I'm fine. But I think it's very important right. that you know, number one, how you want to be communicated to while you're out there. And number two, uh, do they understand that? Because, again, you know, on tour, they want you to play well because they make money if you make money because they get a percentage of your earnings. So needless to say, they want you to play well. But I think it's real important that you get the communication thing down right at the start. Yeah. Otherwise, it could be very, very fuzzy. Right, right. And, you know, the other interesting thing, too, is, you know, obviously – uh, there's players um, on, on all tours but uh, that have a regular caddy that they trust and, and work with. And it's important for each of them, to the, both player and caddy, to sort of understand one another. I mean, the caddy particularly has to really understand the pl- player's personality, um, just as you said. I mean, some, some players probably enjoy some good banter and good conversation, you know, in between uh, holes and, and in between shots and things like that, just to keep them relaxed and, and not get the nerves up. And then there's other players that maybe don't want a lot of conversation and just want, you know, the basics, just to, you know, the, the, the highlights, if you will, of, of what they need to do or not do. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a fine balancing act and I'm sure it's got to be very difficult for players who don't have the benefit of having a regular caddy and maybe, you know, especially some of the, the junior players that come out on tour that might have to get a different caddy, uh, at, you know, different events because they don't really have that rapport. Um, you know, developed yet. So it can be, I'm sure, a very testy, <laughs> a few moments, if you will, 
and we've seen it over the years, you know, Cindy on, on uh, you know, the Golf Channel that where some of the caddies, uh, you know, just didn't maybe make the best uh, uh, decision or, or what have you. And we've seen that particularly lately where uh, it's, it's made news where the player caddy uh, kind of not necessarily went at it, but just didn't really have a, a good rapport that day. So it is a very dicey thing, if you will, and I'm sure it takes a lot of um, uh, strength on both parts to, to develop that relationship. What do you think? I totally agree. So I've got a couple friends that are caddies. I'm going to reach out to them and see if they'll be on. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I think that would be. Yeah, I think that would be fun. I think it would be interesting. We haven't had a caddy on yet, and uh, I think it would be interesting to um, to hear what they have to say. Um, uh, you know, dealing with the ups and downs of because uh, it, it, you know, it's tough for them. Even though they're not taking the shots, um, you know, out on the golf course, they do bear some responsibility. I mean, you know, ultimately the player makes the final decision, but caddies quite often will, you know, encourage or um, help with the club selection, things like that. And if they make a bad call, um, you know, it, quite often it will fall back on them. Ultimately, the player knows it's their, you know, decision finally, as I said, but, um, you know, again, I'm sure the caddy sometimes if they've made a bad call uh, or given some bad advice, let's say, uh, which I'm sure doesn't happen a lot, but probably happens enough that uh, it can create tension. And then once that tension happens, it can be a miserable round. Um, and for you, it had to be difficult at times when Alan, uh, even though you, you sort of set up those parameters, <laughs> I'm sure it would, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe we need to get Alan on here. Let's, let's really get the, the dirt, if you will. But, uh, you know, it, it is difficult, especially for, for husband and wife to do that because, you know, you're, you're under pressure already with the event. And he's, you know, obviously trying to um, do his best to, to guide and advise you around the course. And what makes it doubly hard is the fact that you both have different playing personalities. You know, he's a more laid back, uh, conservative type play. You're a more aggressive, assertive play. So, again, to find that balance, I'm sure it was very difficult at times. You know what, you hit the nail on the head because, again, um, you're right. He is very laid back, and there were times when he's like, I think he should just lay up, and I really wanted to go for it. And I looked at him like he was nuts. You know, so then my go-for-it attitude was, you know, squelched, if you will. And now I'm wondering if he's right. So now I have doubt and now I don't trust and then I miss the shot and then I blame him. So if you don't right. know all this about your caddy and yourself and you don't know how to communicate, then you absolutely definitely um, need to understand and, you know, discuss the situation way ahead of time. Right. Otherwise, there's big Yeah, and, and and I know – Right, and I know that most of them do. I'm sure have those conversations from the get-go. I mean, obviously, you know, they they um, vet, if you will, the caddies that that are going to be carrying their bag. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure very well, especially at, at a high level. Uh, player certainly wants to do that. All right, Cindy, I, I see that Daniela is ready, so let me just do a quick introduction, and then we'll we'll bring our, our first special guest out um, this morning. Uh, our, our guest this morning uh, to start things off is Daniela Iacobelli. Uh, she is the winner, as I mentioned earlier, of the 2019 Island Resort Championship. Uh, she's 31, a native of Melbourne, Florida, and inducted into the Florida Institute of Technology's Hall of Fame back in 2014, uh, recorded 29 top 10 finishes, and collected eight wins during her collegiate uh, career. Uh, she was also the winner of the 2007 NCAA Division II Women's Golf Championship individual title 
And back in 2006, she was named the Sunshine State Conference uh, Freshman of the Year and selected as the Fit Female Athlete of the Year 2007-2008. Uh, uh, in 2012, she won the Daytona Beach uh, Invitational and captured four additional top ten finishes to finish fifth in the Volvic race for the card. Uh, her rookie, uh, she was a rookie on the LPGA Tour in 2013 and made a total of 51 career starts uh, on the big stage, entering 2019 with a career-best solo ninth in the 2018 Lottie Championship. Uh, stepped into the winner's circle for her second time on the Cinematic Tour at the 2015 Tullymore Classic. Uh, and added seven other top 10 finishes this year. And as I mentioned, uh, or that year rather, uh, as I mentioned, this is now her third win on the Symmetra Tour of the Island Resort Championship. So, Cindy, let's welcome our uh, first guest this morning, Daniela uh, Iacobelli. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Wow. Good, are you, are good morning. Are we working? Or, hey, hey, how yeah. are you? We're doing fantastic. Um Thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, Cindy, if you don't mind, I'm just going to start off real quick, uh, and then we'll we'll uh, I'll jump over to you. Um, Daniela, first off, congratulations uh, on your win uh, this past uh, this past week uh, at the Island Resort Championship. Uh, your third win, as I mentioned, and it ended like many this season uh, with a sudden death playoff against Cynthia Haw. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, how did things sort of lead up to that point, and then uh, sort of how it finished off? Well, thank you guys, and thank you for having me. Um, it seems like anytime the Symmetra Tour has a, a par five is 18, you can almost gamble that it's going to go to a playoff. Um, I feel like it's happened like six or seven times this year. Um, it's a it's a great course. I love Sweetgrass, and it's so much fun. It's the Shotmakers course, especially 19. Um, we were fortunate enough to have the wind helping kind of off the right. So it made going for 9 and 18 a little easier, uh, at least for myself. Um, after regulation, once I realized that a playoff was a possibility, I actually had called a previous caddy of mine, and I was like, what do I do? Do I go for it or do I lay up? He's like, well, what have you done? I said, I've gone for 9 and 18 every single time all three days. He's like, then you have to go for it. So part of me was kind of, just wanting to rip as big of a drive as I could so I could bring, basically take the water out of play and bring long into play so that way I could try my best at an up and down. And I don't know. I think I blacked out sometime between the takeaway on the second shot and uh, about 5 o'clock this morning. I kind of, everything's just a little blur. I don't remember much. I've seen the videos. I've questioned if it's really me. But it was... (laughs) <laughs> like I'm watching and I'm like, God, I don't even remember that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's crazy. Was this yeah. shot it's, on, uh, I gotta ask you, how long was the shot? The second yep. shot. Uh, well, in in regulation, it was about two sixteen, and in the playoff, I think it was like two o four, maybe. And awesome. I looked at my cat and I was like, I'm not hitting sandwich sandwich right now. Like that's just, I'm not, that's not who I am. I trust my hybrid more than my sandwich. So let's just go. Good for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Cindy. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> that's awesome. So I'm going to shift states here. We can come back to the tournament in a minute. Um, I've yep. got a bunch of kids that I teach. <clears throat> 
and I see that you went to a D2 school. And I had a conversation yesterday with a young man, and I said, you know, everywhere you go, there you are. And some people have this thing that they think they need to go to a big D1 school and act like they're cool. And I said, I got news for you. None of that matters because uh, Zach Johnson didn't go to a school that anybody ever heard of. And I said, it doesn't matter where you go. The mission is you have to practice and work on your own game. So if my junior students were listening to you right now, what would you tell them? Honestly, I completely agree. But I'm, for as gregarious as I am, I don't think I would have thrived well in a big school. Um, School wasn't my forte. I mean, I did well. I did above, well above average, don't get me wrong, but... As a golfer, nowadays, especially with these five, six o'clock in the morning workouts, plus classes, plus practice, and you have to practice till dark because you're in class all day. You can't really take night classes. For me, a Division two school was almost an advantage because I was, I became acquainted with all the professors. They were all willing to help me. They under, I mean, most of them golf. I went to a business school. And they were always willing to accommodate me in a way, not to give me an advantage, but that, you know, hey, you're clearly going to go chase golf as a career. Let me help you focus on that. You know, they didn't, I don't, they didn't, they didn't treat me any different, but they understood where my focus was and my education was going to be my fallback. So for me personally, going into a school where classrooms were no bigger than 30, some were as small as eight. Um, it allowed me to, to to worry about my focus, which was golf. And I think in a Division One school where maybe you're just a number, maybe you're just another student, and you're in halls where there's two, three, four hundred kids in a class, I, I don't think I would have succeeded as much academically combined with athletically. So I... I mean, I still don't see anything wrong with D two schools or D three schools. I mean, you just gotta you gotta worry about what what you gotta worry about and do what's best for yourself. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Great. I agree with you. Great answer. Yeah, great answer. Well, well said. Um, go ahead, Cindy. So I see on your Instagram that you have a verse from the Bible, Matthew nineteen twenty six. Yes. Tell us what that means to you. That is, with God all things are possible. That's um, my favorite Bible verse. And I'm kind of on this little thing right now where every time I win a tournament, I get a tattoo so I can justify it. And that was the uh, tattoo um, that I got for my last win. I actually got it on my wrist. I always used to wear a WWJD bracelet just to kind of yeah. help through, uh, I don't know. It's, it's It was a thing. I mean, at first it was a fashion trend in like the late 90s, and then it just kind of turned into something more personal. And once I won in Tullymore, I was like, you know what? I'm sick of spending this like 325 every four months on these little bracelets because I plow through <laughs> them in the heat. So I was like, let's get something a little more permanent. So uh, that verse is now tattooed on my wrist. And every once in a while, when I when I can't look up too high, I look down, and, and, you know, he's always there with me. So 
I can guarantee you that he was working overtime on Sunday because some of those things I don't think I'm capable of doing on a, a daily basis. Isn't that funny how that works out sometimes? You're like, whoa, this is not me. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Have you seen the movie Angels in the Outfield, the old Disney movie, yes. like in the early 90s, where all the yes. angels yep. just take over for them? Yeah. yeah, I had about six or seven of those on Sunday. Well, actually eight, to be honest with you. All eight birdies. Those are angels. Good for you. Well, Ted, go ahead. well said. Yeah, great, great point. I like that very much. I like, uh, I like that you've done that. Um, Daniela, I want to ask you just to go back a little bit about the, the tournament, not so much the tournament itself, but just the, the overall theme of it. Um, you know, as, as I mentioned in the, in the opening um, dialogue, if you will, that this was your third win on the Symmetra Tour. And, and I want to ask you a question about that because, you know, and not to take away from somebody that's maybe just won one event, but there's obviously a, a difference. I think when you win your first event, you're a little bit in shock because – you know, you've worked so hard, and, and you know, it's, it's certainly exciting, and, and there's a certain sense that, you know, yeah, I, I, can, I can close the deal, if you will. And even with your second one, that sort of helps the reinforcement, uh, that, that first win. But when you win a third or more, I think you start to develop a certain type of confidence that says, you know what, I know I can really do this. Now I know for sure. It's, it wasn't just a fluke or, or it wasn't just a, a happenstance that I happened to win that, that, uh, that sudden death playoff. I know I've got the game to really compete out here. Um, what does that say to you, and how does that help your confidence, do you think? Like, what do you say to yourself when you won that tournament this week, other than you, the fact that you were excited and you were happy about it? Um, but what does it say to you um, inside your soul, if you will, um, now that you're uh, a three-peat winner on the Symmetra Tour? I think that this one actually means the most because of the playoff. Um, the one in Daytona, I played three rounds. They were great. I barely made any mistakes. It was on a wide-open Florida golf course. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was great. It was fun. One by two. Um, Tullymore. It wasn't in my hands. I posted a number. The girl the girl who could win had a 12, 15-footer to beat me. Um, but this one, um, God, she made a 10, 10 or 12-foot putt on the last hole knowing she had to do that to go to a playoff. And I'll tell you what, there's no longer putt in golf than four and a half feet to win a check. And right. that was without a doubt – Oh, my gosh. It was ridiculous. Give me tapping or give me 20 feet. Don't give me four and a half ever again. That was right. the longest <laughs> of my life. I, I literally saw every dimple roll end over end. I couldn't. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Oh, I love you. It took forever to reach the bottom of the cup. Um, but to do it in a playoff to me means a lot more because the pressure was right there. I mean, granted, I shot a great round on Sunday, but we've seen a lot of these playoffs on tour go two, three, four, five holes. And like I said, I don't know. There was four angels on that hole. They they got to be exhausted. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. The- you know, and, and Daniela, the thing, and the reason why I ask that is, you know, we've had no number of, of winners here off of the Symmetra Tour, some for their first time, and, and obviously they're notably, you know, they're excited about it. But, 
you know, by comparison, you're more of a veteran, if you will, um, because you've you've done this more than once, and you've done it multiple times now. So obviously that gives you a little di- bit different mindset. So when you go into tournaments now, knowing that you you're a multiple winner on tour, how does that change? Um, do you prepare essentially the same regardless, or does that just give you a little bit more pep in your step, if you will? I'm not entirely sure. I'm I'm currently en route to the tournament in Cincinnati, and I mean I think I just have to treat it like another week, another. I don't want to I don't want to let the win kind of get to me and then overlook you know my routine and my practice. Most of the time, my lack of practice, but. <laughs> For the most part, I mean, it's in the middle of the season. I feel like as much as I love it and I have to hold on to it, I kind of have to let it go really quickly, too, because, I mean, I still I still have – I mean, in my mind, I still have nine holes to play. I still have half the round to play. I still have half the season to play. And birdie or bogey on nine, it doesn't matter. You still got to go to ten. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I can hold mm-hmm. on to it too much. I think this, this, the confidence is there subconsciously, but I don't think I should let that get in my way of – of what I normally do week to week, if that matters. Right. Yeah, you don't want an arrogance to, to develop as a result, but I, I know exactly what you're trying to say, and, and uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think it, it uh, on a subconscious level, as you said, I think it, it does give you that confidence and reassurance that you know you can do it um, multiple times, but um, at the same time, you don't want it to stray. That's an important thing, Cindy. You know, hopefully some of your students that might be listening, that's something to really take to heart is, you know, you don't want that to uh, let it stray from your regular routine. If you've got a good, solid routine put together, the last thing you want to do is allow something to derail that because that, that's when the wheels all fall off the bus. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Uh, we've just got a few more minutes here with Daniela, and then we've got to let her go. Um, any final questions or, or thoughts? So <clears throat> let me ask you this. I believe that... Um, Possibly, it's validation because you've been out there long enough to have some doubts, to wonder, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And you've had success, yeah. and then you've had failures, and you know it's like, oh, should I go get a job or should I forget it and keep playing? And I think that this could possibly be no. Shut up, keep swinging. <laughs> Is that true? I've. I've... Yeah, it, uh, this last off season, I took down two jobs. Um, I was in an office job. Granted, it was with a family friend, but I was like, I, I mean, I was there for four hours a day, and I'm looking at them. I'm like, how do you guys do this eight hours a day? Like, I cannot. Right. This is killing me. I cannot do it. And as much as it sucks, and as much as it hurts to to miss cuts or to not play your best. You just never know what's going to happen the next week. I mean, I just missed two cuts in a row. I go up to Harris, no expectations, one of my favorite courses, one of my favorite events. Fast forward five days later, I got a big check in my trunk looking like Happy Gilmore, and I'm, I'm driving to the next event. So I, as much, oh, it's, it's so hard. It's the biggest roller coaster ever, and, and most people won't understand it unless they've lived it. I know my parents think I'm crazy. I know most of my friends think I'm crazy, but I don't know. There's something about chasing it. There's something about the the, the circus lifestyle, I guess, that just keeps you here. It's a, it's a severe addiction, and there should be well, serious therapy you know for it. But You're absolutely right because 
my husband and I both played on tour. I only played for three years, and then he played for 15. And when we got married, um, I, I got pregnant right after, and we were, you know, traveling around in the car with the kids, and it was like the traveling circus. But you know what? People say now, oh, my God, you're going to drive this French Lick tournament? I go, absolutely. I love getting in the car and just going to a tournament. It, it, it's I'm like the same you're way. Sickly, yeah, you're sickly addicted. So I'm just going to give you a little advice that you can always grow up and get a real job, but this is validation to you that, you know, you're doing what you're meant to be doing. So keep swinging and keep doing and don't have any expectations and just work the way you need to work. That's the other thing. If people sit there and go, well, she doesn't hit enough balls, why don't you shut up, right? I got to do what I got to do the way it works for me. Because our son Lord went Jesus. to Ohio State and played golf there and then transferred to Augusta State. And, you know, the coach was a total opposite personality, Mr. Perfectionist. And my son is like you and I, a control-free, competitive maniac, free spirit. And he went to the <laughs> sports psychologist, and the guy said, don't listen to the coach. You need to plan it, scan it, see it, do it. Shut up and hit the ball. There you go. Yeah, and he goes out and beats yeah. Jeff Simpson. So you got to be you. You can't be a mold of everyone else that's out there. So keep trucking, girl. Thank you. I appreciate it. Very well said, Cindy. Um, I couldn't concur um, more than that. that. That's a, you know, the bottom line is Daniela. I think, and, and really, what uh, if you sort of watered that down a little bit? What Cindy's trying to say is, you have to do what you enjoy doing. And if doing a traditional nine-to-five job is not something that you enjoy and you're passionate about uh, playing golf and, and pursuing um, a career here, uh, and obviously it's proven to be very successful for you thus far in your career and you've still got many years left, um, then that's what you need to do in regards of what the, the naysayers. And just uh, keep continuing with your faith and just keep going out there and, and enjoying uh, the moment. And there's always time to do other things later on uh, down the road, but right now, uh, you're exactly as Cindy said. You're right where you need to be and where you want to be. More importantly, so enjoy the <clears throat> enjoy the drive. Be careful on the road, obviously, and don't forget to cash that check quick. Uh, don't want somebody to, uh, <laughs> to get you on the way. Um, da- I Daniela, stopped off at Dad's house and dropped it off. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Daniela, very much for, for joining Cindy and I this morning, <clears throat> excuse me, here on the Women of Golf Show. It's, it's been a pleasure, and I wish we could have you a little bit longer, but we, unfortunately we've got to cut it short. But um, uh, we would love uh, to have you come back again on another show, and, and uh, who knows, maybe if you win uh, this week, we'll have you on again. But um, good luck this week in the tournament, and uh, thank you, and God bless. Yes, thank you guys so much. You guys have a great day. You too. All right, that was uh, our very special guest, uh, Daniela Iacobelli, uh, winner, as I mentioned, of the Island Resort Championship, her third win on the Symmetra Tour uh, on her way to the next event. Um, all right, our, our next guest, or actually, before we bring on our next guest, Cindy, I apologize. Um, we got a little promotional spot to play. Uh, Cindy, why don't you quickly set that up, and then we'll, we'll hit it. Well, um, set it up. I guess we could say that most people use the game of golf as a business tool. And I do the same, so have a listen. Everyone knows business deals are made on the golf course. Knowing how to act is just as important as how you hit it. As an LPGA professional and corporate trainer, I offer workshops, 
seminars, and executive retreats to teach you how to do both. From the back nine to the boardroom, improve your team from the inside out, or Golf 101 for Executives might be the perfect fit for your team. Maybe it's time to make some deals on the course. For more information, go to cindymillerinc.com. All right. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well said, Cindy. And uh, definitely go to cindymillerinc.com after the show and connect with Cindy there. Um, all right. Our next guest, uh, Cindy, you know quite well. And I'm going to just do a quick little introduction and then we'll we'll bring her on. She uh, uh, She's been on the show a few times before. Enjoy having her here. Always some interesting discussion. Uh, of course, her name is Kelly Miller-Alicia. Uh, she's a senior talent uh, booking producer at the Golf Channel. Uh, she works in player relations and deals with talent. Uh, on the shows and uh, also the players and, and on tour on behalf of the Golf Channel. And she's been at the Golf Channel since 2007 and seems to be enjoying her journey there. Uh, and she's also been uh, Jimmy Roberts' primetime producer at three Olympic Games. So, Cindy, let's uh, welcome uh, Kelly Miller-Alicia. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Why don't we – Cindy, why don't we clarify the connection here just for everybody? I thought I'd let you do that. What do you mean? Who Kelly is. I'm not. Oh, well, Kelly Miller's my daughter. <laughs> right. I made her. Well, I, for those... I made her. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Kelly, I think she's got a very interesting job. She's been on the show before. Uh, she had a baby two weeks ago and two, tomorrow. And I thought it would be nice to have her come on the show again since she's out on maternity leave. And she's doing very cool things now. She started as a freelance um, employee at the Golf Channel and worked her way up to producer. And now she is senior talent booking producer. So she's got a really cool job at the Golf Channel. And I'll let her explain it. So, Ted, you can ask her some questions. Perfect. Well, Kelly, first off, uh, welcome back uh, to the Women of Golf. We appreciate having you always. And uh, congratulations on uh, your new little bundle of joy. And uh, we're excited to hear a little bit about that. So um, let's start with that first. How is the the new little one doing? She's doing good. Um, She'll be two weeks tomorrow. So it's crazy how time flies. But she's been good. She only cries if she is hungry or has a bad diaper. So we're lucky there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is your second, so and you've got a three-year-old, I believe, correct? Yes, I do. So you got uh, your hands full there, but uh, obviously <laughs> yeah. uh, doing a great, a great job, to say the least. Okay, so let's go go to your job for a little bit. I know you've talked about it before here, but let's talk about some of the challenges of your job. Obviously, there can be some long hours and, and things like that, but. Just so people understand a little bit what goes on with your job now. What what is it? I mean, when you go back, obviously from maternity leave, but uh, what are some of the challenges that you face with your job? Um, well, in, in TV, you know, it's twenty four seven, so you just have to be ready. Things can pop up at any point. You know, even if it's the weekend or a holiday, and there's breaking news or something. You know, you gotta be alert and respond and be on top of it. So, you know, there's been a couple things where in the past, um, one that comes to mind is when Mr. Palmer passed and it was Sunday of the tour championship and you're thinking, 
Oh, we're gonna, you know, this is exciting. The season's over. Rory McIlroy wins the Tour Championship, the FedEx Cup, and um, and then it was all hands on deck because we found out that Mr. Palmer had passed. So I remember going into work right. with um, my first child, and you know, it was an all nighter thing, and then all the next day, which um, is definitely worth it and all that. But you know, is it not necessarily a challenge, but it's something that you have to be ready for and um, just prepared to know that since it is television, you know, things can happen at any moment. <laughs> so I would say right. that's probably one of the most, you know, challenging things, but it's not necessarily challenging. It's just, you know, something right. you already know that it's a part of it. It's not it's something that's different than other jobs where some people have a nine to five and when they go home, they don't have to think about it. You know, we're ready all the time. <laughs> Yeah, and, and as you said, things sort of pop up like that unexpected. Obviously, it was a, a, a sad loss for, for um, the golf industry and, and just in humanity in general. Honor Palmer was a, a great individual, not only a great golfer, but just a, a great humanitarian, uh, did so many things to, to touch so many lives. So obviously, uh, and obviously being the uh, founder, if you will, um, to start up the Golf Channel, that was obviously a, a mm-hmm. big uh, you know, matter of importance. But um so essentially really what you're saying is you've got to be fast on your feet, so to speak, you know, because things can creep up. Again, you, you have schedules that you go by and you produce things and, and get things ready, but unexpected things like this can happen. So you've got to be, as you said, you've got to be on your guard, if you will, uh, and ready to move when something like that happens to make sure that you, uh, you know, get that in the mix, if you will. Um, yeah. One other thing I want to ask, ask you, and then I'm going to pass you back to, uh, to your mother, because uh, I know she's got some things she wants to ask. Talk a little bit about what goes into a segment. Just give us an example of maybe some of the sudden what, what's involved on your end um, and how you sort of tie that in a nice little uh, bow, if you will. Um, so basically, I work with the producers uh, mainly on Morning Drive. So I book all of our guests. And so, or I deal with, you know, some t- guest talent. Um, if we have a player coming in that's going to be, a guest co-host or somebody else. Um, and then we, we have a weekly meeting and then I work with the producers each day. Cause it's, you know, sometimes there's different producers who produce the shows. Um, and the day before we'll sit down, you know, we book guests sometimes about a week out or before, and I keep a, you know, long running schedule of what we're looking at in the future. So if it's a guest tying in with, um, a date or if there's a this week in history and somebody had won before, you know, we work um, with the producers just to kind of tie everything together. And then I would book the guest or talent um, to go along with that. Uh, And then we work with the tours. So if there's a tournament coming up um, or if there's a special um, event that we're covering, for example, this past Monday was the CVS charity classic and we work with, um, the folks who run that event to book guests for the show, you know, throughout the day. So, you know, a lot of that setting up um, throughout. So the segment um, morning drive is a two hour show typically, and, you know, producers will lay out their show how they want. And then when it comes to my job with the guest, um, you know, we just make sure if there's pictures that are needed, is there a headshot that's needed? We use FaceTime a lot. So, if it's um, sometimes FaceTime cuts out. So I need to make sure that we have a headshot or if they have um, just any photos, if it's 
a feel good story or something and a cha or a charity and they've had pictures or video, you know, I make sure we get all that in too to go along with the segment just to help make it more well-rounded. Right. Right. Very interesting. Um, Cindy, go ahead. So basically what you're saying is you have to be prepared for almost any golf emergency at any time. How do you stay organized? Um, I keep a very extensive archive of all of my emails um, and even sent and received um, that I've done. I was always really good at when I was a feature producer saving scripts and um, pictures and stuff, but even more so now is mainly a lot of emails. Um, just to say, if I go back and, we, hey, we had this thing happen, who was the contact we used for this, you know, depending on if there's breaking news of some sort. So I just make sure that I save all my emails, and um, that is a huge, huge help. Um, if anyone ever sends me an email and if it's um, – even something that we may not want to do at the moment, I save the contact because you never know who down the road you may need to have contact for. Um, and then that way that just helps a ton. So it's pretty much just being organized. I keep a very up-to-date um, list of all of our um, upcoming guests or days. I put anything and everything I get in an email in that document and I don't it's not it's more for my notes so that I can go back and look and be reminded because you know you get so many emails in a day you forget here or there or you may forget there was some random request you know I just put everything in that document so that you don't miss anything so that's a huge help awesome Ted all right um so, Kelly, let me ask you something, it, it, just sort of staying on that theme. Obviously, you know, you're booking the talent that's coming on. You're sort of doing it, as you said, in general, a week out. Um, do you have sort of a backup plan in place for, for segments, you know, for morning drive in the event that, let's say, something happens last minute, um, you know, maybe somebody's coming from out of town, uh, you know, flight issues or what have you. Do you guys have something or do you put something in place that if that person can't make it, um, uh, for whatever reason or, you know, bad technical issues or something like that? Do you guys have something in place uh, for such a, a moment? Uh, well, the talent for the show, we have our, um, you know, our usual talent. So if it was like where a guest was going to come in for the, right. the, the show that day, um, producers could have like sort of a backup. We just would maybe skip over it. So what, what does happen sometimes is if we're having – a winner join or a guest FaceTime. Sometimes the FaceTime doesn't right. work right or they don't call in on time. Um, so producers really, it's not necessarily my job, but producers um, okay. can flip can flip segments. They can uh, move stuff around. And then, you know, we'll try to get a hold of that guest or contact that we have um, for somebody um, and, and, and work it that way. But they'll either they'll just fill, but a lot of times they don't have something that's oh let's uh, just a random segment. Sometimes, most of okay. the time, it's they'll flip a segment. So let's say that there's, for example, if there's ten segments in a show 
and our guest is supposed to be the fifth segment, they can do the sixth segment in place of the fifth and then just move some stuff around. Now, you know, it may move, it, you know, they'll have to work around making it try to flow. So, like, let's say if you're in the fourth segment and you're bumping that a guest is going to join the next segment, they'll just have to make sure they bump it again, meaning like teasing that if something's coming up, you know, just to make right. sure everything flows. Um, but a lot of times just flipping a segment is what we're able to do because um, we usually get somebody to join um, on the phone or FaceTime. Like if the FaceTime doesn't work, we usually just have them call in. Now there has been this, there have been some times where a player has totally forgot to call in. We've, you know, went through to the tour, their communication, because um, they're the ones who help us set that stuff up, and then they still totally forget. Right. It's funny. There was a, um, it was, I believe it was Steve Stricker. He had just overslept, and so then he sent a tweet out after the show apologizing <laughs> to us and that he owed us one because he overslept. You know, so it was, it was pretty funny. Um, but typically, you know, we, we don't have something catastrophic like that. Now, sometimes if you're on a live. Um, if we're at an event and we have had where the feed goes down on site, so then, you know, producers are pretty much scrambling, not in a, you know, in a bad way, but, but basically trying to sure. either get the problem fixed. So then the talent in Orlando would just have to fill and they would come up with a topic and talk about it, but I, it, it wouldn't necessarily involve us having to book something else totally last minute. But there are some things where, you know, you have to, you know, just go by not the ball of your feet, whatever the saying is. <laughs> right. right. I'm, I'm bad with saying um, that. Yeah, well, that's okay. It's understandable. You've got um, some little ones to care for, so that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's a no, pass please. for you. Um, <laughs> My brain is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kelly. Let me just let me just ask one little quick follow up question, and say I'll I'll bounce it back to you just on that that theme. So obviously, um, you know, as you said, you're sort of able to flip the script a little bit to to accommodate that. Um, but there's obviously situations where maybe you're dealing with international, um, uh, maybe a correspondent or something, maybe a segment that's, um, um, you know, you're plugging in. So obviously there's a big time change. How do you do that? Is that a lot of that pre-recorded uh, part of the segment, uh, or is somebody getting up at two o'clock in the morning, you know, over on the other side of the world to to call in or do whatever? How do you handle situations like that? We do um, tape some stuff. It, it's more of the tape segments are kind of more of the evergreen segments. Um, let's say if it was an okay. instruction segment or a wellness segment um, or something that doesn't isn't really time work not you know time sensitive um but we have let's just say at the u.s open um well that would be two weeks ago uh you know the three hour time difference morning drive was seven and nine you know everyone's out at pebble so we were having some of our insiders and some of our um you know correspondents and stuff call in at five o'clock in the morning on the west coast you know so that does right happen um and then if it's overseas the other way you know we set that up let's just say it was um i believe it was in saudi arabia or then dubai we had nick doherty from sky sports call in um and so it was kind of right after the that european tour event went off the air and the morning drive comes on so he was calling in live 
even though he's seven or eight hours ahead, you know, depending on where they are. Right. So um, right. more of the golf, the golf stories and, and, and news stuff is always live. And then we can just, you know, sometimes tape stuff. So um, we do have, if somebody's coming in studio and let's say it's a world long drive athlete that's going to be in studio and it doesn't, if we don't need to have it air, we can t- we'll tape it after the show and then air it at a later date. Um, just because schedule, right. you know, but for the most part, a lot of stuff is live um, around the golf hmm. and news. Very interesting. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Yeah. So let me ask you, I know, you know, our listeners don't realize that you're married to Ben Elijah and you both work at the Golf Channel and you are so opposite. So for some of our listeners who might be thinking about going into the golf business, if you will, or television business, describe the different personalities that are needed for the different positions. Because Ben um, produces Golf Central, which takes someone who's very analytical and organized. And it's not that you're not organized, but more detail-oriented. So can you explain that a little bit for the different positions? Um, I think it just depends on, you know, how, you, I mean, a lot of it you have to, like, learn, too. So, you know, Ben is more analytical. He'll, he can look at something more, you know, he'd look at something differently than I would, whereas I'm more, that's, you know, so he would be the producer that does all that stuff, and then that's kind of why I think I was drawn more to the features, and um, it's more open, it's uh, which basically a feature is where it's a story that you're telling versus let's break down this stat of how somebody's golf swing is. So um, there's a ton of different positions um, and people that put on just one show. So there's a director, there's an AD, there's a TD, there's a graphics producer, there's um, – a graphics operator. I mean, so there's a ton of different positions that put on just, let's just say one half hour show of golf central or a two hour morning drive. There's PAs that put videos together and are very creative and coming up with stuff. There's a highlight supervisor. There's, so there's a ton of different um, ways to work in golf television at golf channel and have a different personality for each thing. You know, there's if you're going to be a graphics producer, it's stats and, you know, analyzing everything, whereas I don't – I couldn't do that because I, I don't think that way, you know. So I think that um, it definitely – there's a spot for every personality <laughs> um, <laughs> and just seeing how that fits, you know. And – a lot of times it's people starting as interns and PAs and then figuring out, you know, what you like and what you don't like. You know, I started as a freelance producer um, as a PA, not knowing a ton. I had done internships in college and stuff, but, you know, you just learn along the way. And it was, you know, okay, I don't like, I don't want to do graphics. I like telling these stories better, you know, and then I, you, you master your craft of what you're good at. Um, and that, you know, just in, ha- in turn happened to be what goes along with my personality more. But um, 
you know, you can learn anything um, and do it. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Very good. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Do you have I, another I just question have to for, say something. for Yeah, when you were asked by Jimmy Roberts to go to the Olympics in Russia, that was your first Olympics. You did Olympic Games. You did for Jimmy Roberts. I said to you, you don't know anything about winter sports. How are you going to do this? And your answer was, Mom, I tell stories. That's all I need to do is tell really good stories. So that just backs up what you just said, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's all about – well, feature producers and stuff, it's just about you don't need to know – the. I can always look something up. You know, if I don't know something or even if it's a, just a golf story and there's some – you know, you can always learn something like that. But if you're just telling a story from the heart and you're invested in it and whatnot, you don't need to know all the ins and outs. Like if I need to know how what ski slope style is, I can look that up, you know, but who's that athlete that's doing that? You know, it's all human and that's their story. So same thing with golf too. Like, it, everyone's different and individual. And so just owning in on what their story is, is, you know, just one of the neat things you can do as a storyteller. Awesome. Chad? Very interesting. Um, let me just ask you um, about the Golf Channel in general. Um, you've worked there, as we mentioned, since about 2007. And obviously, growing up in a golfing family, you know your brother plays, and obviously your mom and dad have, uh, have played at a high level. What if you take away, obviously, the technical side and, and all that that you learn at the Golf Channel uh, while doing the, the different shows that you're helping to produce? What have you learned at the Golf Channel uh, about golf in general that maybe you you didn't really think about or realize until? you know, all this time that you've been working there. So what do, what do you take away from your experience there at the Golf Channel um, other than the production side of it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, think about some of the uh, – well, let me, let me rephrase it a little bit, Kelly. Let me rephrase it this way. You know, obviously I know you do play golf. Um, you're obviously not pursuing a, a golf career on that end of it, but um, have you learned things in that capacity that – that have helped you to understand the game a little bit better, I guess is a better way of putting it. Um, I don't know. I would say one thing I think that I've learned since being a golf channel, I don't know if this is totally on point with your question, but that it definitely um, can be used uh See, I don't even I don't even know how to necessarily answer that. I think it's more of, you know, seeing how everything since I've started there and all these junior programs that are coming up and getting out there and seeing it. I think it's golf. What I didn't realize as much before. Yeah, I played junior golf and, um, but it was it's always kind of, okay, yeah, I'll go play whatever. But how much more it can be for, um, bonding or creating relationships and, um for younger kids get having something out there. It's just funny this morning, my daughter was like, mommy, can we go play golf? 
you know, which is, I don't know where that came from, but this morning she wanted to go outside and, <laughs> you know, take her little wiffle <laughs> tennis balls and go hit outside. Just how, how um, neat it is, you know, for all ages, you know, it's not even, mm-hmm. it's something that you can do. Um, which I knew, right. You know, I played junior golf and you can play till you're old, but something with all the stories we've done and people we've been around and how much of a global thing it is, um, is just really neat. You know, it's something that touches so many people like it's celeb, you know, celebrities love golf and this and athletes and you're Joe Schmo at the country club and a five-year-old. You know, and everyone can partake and do that. And I think that that's something more that I've realized and you see, you know, from working at Golf Channel that is is pretty neat. I don't know if that necessarily answers the question, but yeah, that's, that's the first yeah, thing no, that, that comes that, to my mind. You did a you did a great job. Thank you. Um, just one other final thing, and and um, and then we'll we'll wrap up here. Um, what is there something that you haven't done yet? Um, a segment or, or, or something that you would like to do, a story that you would like to tell um, while you're at the Golf Channel that you haven't done yet that you've been thinking about maybe? Um, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know if there's nothing that comes to my mind um, that I would think that I would know. You know, I mean, stories can come up all the time and guests and whatnot, I think that um, it'll be neat to see golf in the Olympics again. Um, that That's going to happen no matter what, so it's not a story I'm telling, but um, I don't, I think that the last time I was, I was working and I was in Rio and it, I didn't really get to watch much of it. I think that that's something that's really neat that um, hopefully not, you know, a lot more of the players I think are uh, embracing it in the Olympics and whatnot. So I think that that's something I'm looking forward to covering um, next right. year a little bit more. Uh, but that, other than that, I, that's the only thing I can think of in the future for right now. Okay. Very good. Um, Cindy, any final thoughts or, or comments that you have for, for Kelly before we let her go back to her little one? No, I thank you for joining us, my dear. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Have a great day. Yeah, we Take appreciate it. Those two kiddos. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, Kelly, for, for joining us. We appreciate it. And, uh, again, congratulations on, on uh, the new little one that you have there, the new uh, addition to the Miller family. And uh, we appreciate you coming on and sharing some, some time with us this morning. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Uh, all right, that was uh, Cindy's daughter, Kelly Miller. Elijah, I, I apologize, I mispronounced that uh, first time up. Um, very interesting, uh, a senior talent booking producer at the Golf Channel and obviously uh, got her hands busy with uh, a newborn, so uh, obviously understandable. Her uh, thoughts are not on work right now, but uh, on raising uh, a new little one. So very, very exciting for, for uh, both sides of the family. Um, and you obviously have to be very, very proud. You've got two, uh, you know, great kids that uh, are active out in the business world that have 
gotten good educations, but uh, have embraced golf in a different way. Um, obviously played some competitive, but um, are doing different things and, and utilizing, just as you talk about in your promotional spot, using golf really to develop relationships and, and, and partnerships and things like that. So that's obviously got to be very um, very important for both you and Alan to, to, uh, to be able to sort of carry that legacy on, uh, obviously in a different way. Yes. I do have three beautiful children. One of them just is three, in the I'm golf sorry. business. But, yeah, but, he's, but he's a great <laughs> kid, and he's got uh, a little one, too. So anyway, yes, I'm, we're very proud of our children. We're very blessed. Very good. Well, on that note, Cindy, um, we've got to wrap things up. Again, thank you very much to uh, both of our special guests, uh, Daniela uh, Iacobelli, uh, winner of the uh, Island Resort Championship, uh, for joining us on the Symmetra Tour, and, of course, your daughter, uh, daughter excuse me, uh, Kelly Miller-Elijah, uh, uh, senior talent booking producer at the Golf Channel. Thank you to both of them for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, we will not have a show uh, next Tuesday morning, but we'll be back the following uh, Tuesday, which will be the 9th of July, and then another break uh, on the 16th, and then we'll come back on the 23rd. So on behalf of Cindy Miller, uh, I'm Ted Odorico. Thank you very much. God bless everybody for joining us this morning, and we hope you continue to tune into the show. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.